So, we want to introduce you to somebody. Miss Tina, come on up. I want to introduce you to a, a young lady. She's young because she's my wife's age, amen. And so we're so grateful uh, that Miss Tina has come to share uh, her story. And uh, sister, I just want to tell you, we are looking for life change today, okay? And so thankful for you today. It's so good to be here. Amen. You go right ahead and share with Liberty. I don't know where your Kleenex boxes are, but I might need some. No, that was so good. Those little girls did good. I tell you what, that... Dismissed children, eight years old and younger. Blake and Colton's already back there. See you, Liam. Hey, Bristol. <laughs> See you, Kyson. See you, Hadley. See you, Cypress. That's okay. No problem. Thank you, Jesus. The name of Jesus. Yes. I just thank God for his name, and it's above every name that is named. That was a beautiful song. They did the best job. I could listen to that over and over and over too, Brother Bill. I just want us to go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we just, I thank you, Lord, for this church. I thank you, God. We could just go home now. I've been so blessed. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here. Thank you, Father God, for just having your way today. Holy Spirit, just have your way. Touch lives. Change lives, Lord. Just touch everybody today. And just I just speak blessings over everybody today. I speak life over everybody. I thank you, Father, that in you we live and move and have our being. I thank you for healing my body when doctors said there was no way you are the way and we just thank you for that we praise you i give you all the glory in jesus name amen, amen. yo i don't know why but i brought notes <laughs> and i woke up this morning thinking oh i need to tell them this and i need to tell them that and i ran downstairs and got my little notepad and jotted some things down because and i've got so many notes that i just pray that i don't get sidetracked on my notes but um, I want to thank you again for letting me come. Thank you, Brother Barlow. Thank you, Hal. Where is Hal? There you are. Thank you, Hal, for inviting me. I just, I'm so honored to be here. And I'm so honored to have my parents here. Leland and Mary Ann Balch. I just, I'm so grateful for them. I'm so grateful for the word of God that they knew when tragedy struck. I am so thankful to God for his word that it works. You know, God and his word are one. Uh, I was involved in a very tragic, horrific accident in July. It was July the 14th, 1983. My sister, me, and two friends, we had been out celebrating. My birthday was four days later. Another friend's was the day before, so we went out to celebrate our birthdays, having good, clean fun. We had went to Pope's Tavern, Helen Keller's birthplace. I know we got there at 3.30, and they were closing at 4. They would not let us go in. They said we didn't have time to tour it. So we just stayed outside and took pictures. We went to eat out. 
and we went to see a movie. We went shopping. My niece was eight months old at the time, and my sister wanted to go to a food world. Back then, we had a food world in Florence, and she bought baby food, like lots and lots of uh, those jars of baby food. You know, back then, it was glass. And I know after the wreck that night, they said glass was just everywhere in the car from the baby jars. But um, anyway, on our way out of the theater that night, we were in my sister's little Volkswagen Rabbit. And after the movie, I said to my sister, will you let me drive? Because she had been driving everywhere. And she said, sure. And she said, when we got in the car, the other two girls were saying, we're going to have a wreck. You know, and words are so powerful. And I have said, if anybody gets in my car today or tomorrow and says, we're going to have a wreck, I'm going to pull over right then and there and say, no, we're not. In the name of Jesus, I bind those words. Because, you know, the Bible says what is bound on earth is bound in heaven. And we have power over the principalities of darkness. But anyway, about a mile up the road, we were hit by a drunk driver. He was going like 80 or 85 miles an hour. He was in a pickup truck, and uh, he hit right at my front wheel. My sister was sitting behind me. She said she remembered us screaming, and she saw the red truck coming. I don't remember anything. It just happened so quick, and you know, eternity is just a breath away. Just think about it. You know, your heart can stop beating in one second. And you'll be in eternity. And there's only two places, heaven or hell. And you choose. And you know, the word says, he says, I've set before you life and death. Choose life. He gives us a hint. He says, choose life. But anyway, we were hit. I heard that our car went up in the air like three to four feet off the road. And he hit us again. I do not remember anything, but my girlfriend in the front seat, she bought our supper that night. Her name was Connie, and Connie went to be with the Lord that night. She died en route to the hospital, and um, they had to use the jaws of life to cut me out of the car, and one of the paramedics told my pastor that at the scene I was praying, and I was saying, Jesus, there's the name. You know, I'm so thankful that I had Jesus living in my heart because, you know, the word says what's in the heart comes out the mouth. And I'm just so thankful that I called on him. And he's a present help in times of trouble. Mama and Daddy, well, Daddy worked night shift at that time. He worked at Reynolds. And Mother said a nurse called her from the emergency room that night and said, your daughters have been in a wreck. They're okay but we need you to come down here. Mama said, well, I went to the bedroom and woke your daddy up and said, Leland, the girls have been in a wreck. I'm going to go pick them up. Well, daddy said he had a check in his spirit. He said, I'm going with you. Well, you know, they, they were keeping my niece at, at that time. Mama, I think, did y'all take her to the hospital? Yes, they took Laura with them to the hospital. My aunt came to the emergency room to pick her up. Anyway, uh, they drove like 55 miles an hour, she said. We just took our time pretty much getting down there. We had to fill up with gas. She said, when we got to the emergency room, there was police everywhere, just everywhere that were so mad because a drunk driver hit us. But you know what? 
my sweet little mama and daddy, they chose right then to forgive. You know, and if you're not in forgiveness, your prayers won't be answered. And uh, anyway, Mama said they went in there in the ER and they were trying to find me. Mama said, we didn't know where you were. I think they had me in a very, the worst trauma unit or room. And Mama said they had me on a stretcher wheeling me straight to surgery for emergency surgery. And Mama said, I looked down and I said, I kissed you on your cheek. And I said, Tina, everything is going to be all right. She said, I nodded. I was told I was bleeding out of my mouth, my nose, my ears. But you know what? God is present. He's with us. He lives in us. We do have an enemy, the devil. John 10.10, I want y'all to remember this. If you don't remember nothing else, remember John 10.10. It tells us, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There is nothing abundant about a car wreck or cancer. I could go on and on. Nothing is good about sickness or disease. But anyway, that first night they took me for emergency surgery. And I just want to thank Jesus today again that Dr. Charlie Pritchard was on call that night. I don't know if y'all remember him or not. He was on call that night. He did my emergency surgery. He cut me from like here to here. Opened me up, did an exploratory laparotomy. Liver was lacerated in multiple places. He had to sew my liver up. My spleen was ruptured in two places. He took my spleen out, or two or three places. He did a splenectomy. He took my appendix out. He came after he operated on me to this conference room where my sweet mama and daddy were on their knees crying out to God asking God to forgive them for anything and they were asking you know God they were forgiving the drunk driver that hit us because Ephesians 6 tells us our fight isn't flesh and blood so anyway mama said he ran in there where they were and he said to them what are y'all doing well they were on their knees praying and Mama said, I looked at him and I said, I'm pray we're praying. And then he said, I've never had anybody to live that's as torn up on the inside as she is. Well, guess what my sweet little mama did? She looked at him and she said, I looked up at him and I said, God made her and he can put her back together. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, y'all just bear with me. I've got so much to tell. I laid in the intensive care unit 81 days. Mama said the doctors had a meeting to, and to vote on whether I should be moved out when I was moved out or not. And Anyway, they moved me out finally after 81 days. I laid in, on a med surge floor for 43 more days. Thank you, Jesus. I had 17 or 18 doctors working on me. <clears throat> they only gave me 1%. Daddy said the other day they didn't give me no percent chance to live. But um, thank you, Jesus, for your word. 
Mother and Daddy put a tape player by my bed in ICU with healing scriptures. Told the nurses to keep the tapes playing every 30 minutes. You know, back then, there was old, those old cassette tapes. That was years ago. Y'all, some of y'all don't even know what a cassette tape is. But anyway, Mama and Daddy put the cassettes in there, just healing scriptures. Told the nurses to keep the tapes playing every 30 minutes so my spirit man could hear God's word. I ended up having respiratory failure. I had, which is called ARDS, Adult Respiratory Distress Syndrome. Most people die that get ARDS. And Mother and Daddy said they would go and I see you every visiting time they could, and they would speak life over me. They would tell my kidneys to work in the name of Jesus, tell my lungs to be healed in the name of Jesus. Nurses and doctors thought these people are crazy. My kidneys, they shut down, didn't work for eight weeks. My kidney doctor, he is from India, was, or is or was, is from India. He told me one day, he said, Tina, you're a walking miracle. He said, you didn't have a dribble of urine output for eight weeks. I just thank God. You know, when I go to the bathroom to pee, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for healed kidneys. You know, we take so much for granted. I mean, really, my right leg was paralyzed for eight weeks. It had blood clots in it. They said I would never walk again if I lived. And Mother and Dad would say, leg move in the name of Jesus. There's the name, girls. Y'all need to sing that again. The name, the, the name is greater than anything. And we have power over the devil. I was... Um, Back to my kidneys, I ended up having 36 dialysis treatments. 36 treatments. And Mama, Daddy said, you know, they were believing for me to live and be normal, and Daddy wanted me just to be healed, like, miraculously, just instantly. But it wasn't like that. It was a day-by-day-by-day process. One day, my toes started wiggling. One day, my kidneys started working. Oh, I just thank Jesus for it. I thank him. Uh, I had, my abdomen was as big as a football, like a month after the wreck. And mother said they were studying and they were studying. And one of the surgeons finally went in, made an incision in my lower left side, put a drain in there. It was a peritoneal abscess. And they drained out 1,500 cc's of old blood out of my abdomen. And this nurse, she said, you're going to love Dr. Borgu when I tell you this. I said, I already love him. I couldn't love him anymore. He, out of the 17 or 18 doctors that were working on me, Mama said he was the only doctor that would tell them, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Wouldn't he, Daddy? Keep praying. And he is from India. They said he was a Hindu, but I just don't know about that. I just love him. Um, But anyway, they said I would be a vegetable if I lived. It was evident that I had brain damage. She'll be a vegetable. She'll never walk again. She'll never have a baby well. I've got a girl and a boy, one of each. God is bigger. God is bigger. He's greater. There's victory in Jesus. And I just, please never give up. Never give up. One day, and I'm not even going by these notes. 
One day, doctors told my mom and daddy she can't live through the day. Y'all have got to get prepared. And mama said, they went to the parking deck and they got in their little car and mama said, daddy broke down and started to cry. Well, when he broke down and started to cry, she said, are you giving up? And daddy said, no, I'm not giving up. And she had her Bible. She said, Lord, show us something. And she said, we didn't even know this scripture was in the Bible. But she said, I opened my Bible and said, Lord, show us something. And Psalms 118 verse 17 jumped out. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And she said, peace came over them. She said, we went back in the hospital and Dr. Pritchard came out and said, I can't put my finger on it, but she's better. (laughs) There have been so many nurses to tell me stories, you know, of what I did when I was in the unit. They tied me to the bed in the unit because I would pull tubes out. They said I would extubate myself. I had the respiratory failure. I was on the, I had a trach. I was on the ventilator for like three months. Uh, thank you, Jesus. I had fluid around my heart. Dr. Heaton, he's a cardiologist. He had to go through one of my growings and put a Swan-Gans catheter around my heart. He told me one day, he said, Tina, one of the surgeons wanted to pull the plug on you. I said, really? I'm thankful. And I told Daddy that. And Daddy said, he, he'd had went through us, and they wouldn't have let him. Thank you, Jesus. But they gave me like 1% or less chance to live. Um, they said it was evident I had the brain damage. One doctor, I asked him, I said, what did I look like? He said, the only words to describe it is the Goodyear blimp. So my face was all banged up. My body was broke up. My left cheek was crushed. My chin was broke. My right jaw was broken two to three places. Gums were cut. I lost my left top molar tooth that night. It came out, they said, that night. One of the facial doctors sewed my face up, did the best he said that he could do. You know, they were more concerned about my internal organs. And anyway, uh, a week later, I lost like three and a half more teeth on the bottom. But I had to wear braces. I've never had to wear braces in my life. And that is not a good thing to have to do. But thank God for doctors, dentists, orthodontists. I thank God for nurse, the nurses and doctors who cared for me. I just thank Jesus for medical science. I know Daddy said one time the devil told him, well, if you believe she's healed, just unplug her and take her home. Isn't that what he told you, Daddy? They went through a lot. They slept in my granddaddy's camper shell And they set their little alarm, and every time they could go in ICU to visit me, they would go in and speak life and pray over me. One day, Daddy said they would untie me when they came in. And so one day, Daddy said I was reaching for his ink pen in his shirt pocket. And they were wondering, you know, the doctors were wondering, what has she got on her mind? And one day, and I'm right-handed, but that mama gave me a piece of paper. The nurse gave you a piece of paper, just a blank sheet of paper. And I scribbled with my left hand a note, and they couldn't read it. 
but they were so excited that I was responding. And this, I think, was in September. Mother wrote the date and the time. And they couldn't read it, but they took it to my aunt and uncle's house that night. And my little cousin looked at it, and he said, Aunt Marianne, that says God is love, Tina. And I was wondering what was on my mind. <coughs> Excuse me. God is love. And the Lord was working through me to them. And they said they went back in the hospital that night around 9, and the surgeon came in, and Mama said they showed it to him, and he had tears in his eyes. He said, y'all better frame that, and he got out of the room. He also said, she's going to be a doctor because you couldn't read the writing. You know how you can't read doctor's writings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, me. Thank you, Father. God is love. I got married six years later, and I told you I've got my beautiful daughter and handsome son. They've grown up on me. Um, one day, Mama said I was walking to the Coke machine, and I was just going down the hallway, and she said, I thought I heard my name but wasn't sure, so I kept walking. And then she heard her name again and turned, and it was a doctor who they really, really hid from a lot. He was just doom and gloom. And Mama said, I turned, and it was him, and he said, y'all need to get prepared. Tina cannot live. There's no way she can live. And Mama said, I turned and went the other way. She didn't even say nothing to him. That same doctor went to my sister one day. My sister was in the wreck. It broke her right arm and her collarbone. She was in the hospital two weeks, but this doctor ran into her or went to her and he said, I just want somebody in Tina's family to know that she can't live. Your parents are not listening to us. And my sister said, yes, she is going to live and she's going to be a nurse one day. And two years later, I started working there as a nurse's assistant. And I was in a room telling this patient what Jesus had done for me and he walked in. He touched me on my shoulder. He said, this girl is a walking miracle. We gave her up for dead four or five times. They coded me bunches of times. One nurse told me one day that on a 3 to 11 shift one afternoon, they coded me four or five times. You know, and I'm like, Lord, I just wish I could remember seeing the light. I would tell it. Daddy said, we, or Mama said, your spirit just didn't get out of your body. But I wished I could have seen heaven. I, I know I wouldn't have wanted to come back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mama and Daddy hid from doctors. Uh, one day, Mama said they were up on the baby floor in the little waiting area where the babies were being born. And Dr. McFall came out, out of the elevator and he said, I've been looking for y'all. You know, but they considered not these circumstances. And, you know, faith, faith moves mountains, right, y'all? Faith, the God kind of faith. We've got to have faith. I, I was jotting down some things I, I've been reading this week. Believe before you receive. That's faith. Faith, we believe before we receive. We speak 
the end results. If you, I've heard this pastor talk about, well, Romans 4, 17, it talks about calling those things which be not as though they were. If you're going to go out and you want the dog to come and, and eat, you don't call the cat, do you? <laughs> so, you know, we call our bodies healed. Isaiah 53 talks about uh, by his stripes we are healed. That was a prophecy Isaiah had years before Jesus was even born. First Peter 2.24 says, By his stripes ye were healed. You know, if it's not now, it's not faith. Faith is now. And Mama and Daddy just stood on the healing scriptures, stood on them and stood on them. Mama called every minister, ministry, ministers, churches that she could think of and had them praying for me. Some anointed uh, the handkerchiefs or the prayer cloths. I don't know if y'all have heard of that. And the nurses would pin the prayer cloths on my sheets. One doctor, he would come in my room and he would say, after I came out of ICU and woke up, he would call me Too Many Tubes Tina. He would say, good morning, Too Many Tubes Tina. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And that same surgeon, and this was a God thing, he told my parents one day, I've never wanted anybody to live as much as I want her to live. That was God. You know, in, in the middle of the night after he operated on me and they sent me to the unit, in the middle of the night, there were two nurses with me. And one nurse told me this. She was a little Church of Christ nurse. God had her there. She said, Tina, your eyes were fixed and dilated. Your blood pressure was zero to 30 over Doppler. And she said, the other nurse said, who was a supervisor, said, she's dying. What are we going to do? You know what the little Church of Christ nurse said? I'm going to pray. She said, I started praying and you started breathing again. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the Lord in the Lord would send people to mama and daddy. And when they would be down, mama said when she was down, daddy would be up. They were vice versa, you know. And in the morning after the wreck, mama didn't want to go in and see me, did she, daddy? Do you want to tell that story? Thank you, Jesus. The night of that wreck, the Spirit of God directed me to go. And I went. See, we are a spirit. And we have a soul which is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. But we live in a body. I don't see y'all. Y'all don't see me. But the Spirit bade me to go. And I'm going to tell you, I thank God today for what He has done for us. Amen. If I hadn't have known Jesus and what He had done for us, our daughter wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have granddaughter or a grandson. But God is so merciful. 
He's so merciful. My, my, what we got in God's Word. Oh, we need to renew our mind with the Word of God. That's what we got to do. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of, that Paul preached because it's the power unto God. And this is what I knew, what the doctors told us. In the natural five senses, I wanted to believe it. But I knew the Word of God says, let every man be a liar and God be the truth. And that we might be justified by what God said. So I believe God. But you know, I, the night that this wreck happened, we had had a misunderstanding at the breakfast table that morning. She'd been out on Wednesday night to a young people's social. Different churches had went and met. And she was discussing it with her mother that morning, and I didn't like what I heard. And I got on to Tina, and she reminded me, Daddy, I'm 18. I got up and left the breakfast table and went back to the room where I sleep, and I said, Lord, I can't do nothing with her. I'm turning her over to you, Lord. <laughs> but you know, I didn't know what I was turning her over to because the night that that wreck happened and we were there, me and my wife, praying on our knees in a doctor's conference room there at ICU, I was talking to the Lord. Why? Questioning Him. Why did this have to happen? You know what he told me? He said, you turned her over to God. I said, Lord, yes, I turned her over to you. He said, you turned her over for the God of this world. Satan is the God of this world. And he blinds many people's eyes that they can't see the gospel. They can't, we have to have faith. And faith comes by hearing. I prayed for faith for years till I found out where faith comes from. It comes from hearing. Hearing the gospel. And that's the best news that anybody can hear. I could just go on and tell you more and more what God has done in my life. I mean, He's precious. I've been wanting to go home, be with the Lord, and my wife won't let me. She said, oh, I want you to stay here. Y'all can see what kind of shape I am right now. But praise God, I'm getting better every day. I'm getting better every day. And I'll tell it wherever I go. I had to tell people that don't know, it's not God's will for an 18-year-old to go home to be with the Lord. It's not home time for them. No, not at all. And young people, God told me, I give Tina to you and your wife to raise. And as long as she's under your roof, you're in charge of them. 
we're in charge of our family as long as they're under our roof. But when they get out, then it's up to them what they know. That's the reason so much is going on in the world today because parents don't know that they're in charge of their children. Oh, we're in charge. Read the Word of God. Parents, read Proverbs every day. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and you'll read it. I don't agree with a lot of things. We can mistreat our children. But, law, that's what our Bible tells us to do. To bring a child up in the way that it goes when they're old and not depart from them. And we may have to use a rod. Law, I tell you, I, it hurt me when my dad used to help me and my brothers and sisters doing something wrong. And he told us one day, he said, son, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't do it. And that's the way a parent is. If you love your children, you'll correct them. I know it's hard, but it's God's taught us to do that. And if you're here today and you hadn't called upon the name of the Lord, do it before you go out those doors because you don't know the next breath you'll breathe. We are all God's people. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And everything that's in this world is our Lord and God. He made it. He made us to worship and praise Him, to have fellowship with Him. And that's what we need to do. And we've got to love one another. I mean, that's what He commanded us to do. Love one another. I love all of y'all this morning. And I'll let Tina get through. She had a broke arm, and she'll tell you about that. ICU, really. I do not remember it. I remember when I came out of the unit, my sister and my other friend came to visit me, but my other friend that passed away didn't. And I remember thinking she was mad at me. They didn't tell me for a long time that she had went to heaven. And that, that's, that really hurt me. But also, one main thing, Daddy prayed that I wouldn't have any pain, and I do not remember any pain at all. I also became septic. Uh, one of the infection control nurses, she said, Tina, Dr. Pritchard, he would go to the lab every morning and check your blood work, and he would say, if this girl lives, her blood will never be normal. Well, guess what? It's normal. Hallelujah. By his stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Jesus. Mom and Daddy just had that faith, and they never gave up on me. One nurse told me I was a Houdini, and I don't know really what that is. But she said, I was fixing the clock out one day, and you pulled your arterial line out. And she said, blood was just shooting everywhere. But uh, I was also given over 120 units of blood. I became septic. I had seven or eight different blood infections. 
I also had DIC. That's where you're bleeding and clotting at the same time. Disseminated intravascular coagulation. Uh, God is just bigger than anything. I tell you, we just got to take him at his word and believe him and thank him for the answer. Hallelujah. One night or one, one day, I was at the hospital working, and I asked Dr. McFall, I said, what all was wrong with me? He said, Tina, you had everything wrong that could be wrong. Mama and Daddy tried to get them to move me to Vanderbilt or Birmingham. And Mama said Dr. McFall had his head down. He said, she's not just critical, she's critical, critical, critical. She will not make the trip. We cannot move her. Oh, there's just so much I want to tell about my arm. My arm was broken like right here. And when I was in the unit, nurses said I would make them sick. I would move my shoulder and the bone would just come out of place. And they weren't worried about my arm. I mean, I was on the vent, on dialysis, barely alive. And anyway... One day, Mama told the orthopedic doctor, do something with her arm. Y'all need to do something. So she said it had a, a cast on it, and it hung in the air in a sling, and my elbow had a bed sore. So they cut a hole in the cast to treat my elbow sore. But when I came out of ICU and woke up, I had a brace around it. And this orthopedic doctor came in, and he said to my Mama, Will you sign these papers? We're going to take Tina to surgery and put a plate in her arm. And Mama said, well, have you talked to her medical doctor, Dr. McFall? And he said, no. She said, you talk to him and see what he thinks. Well, Dr. McFall said, we're going to let her go home, get stronger, and then come back as an outpatient and have a plate put in it. Well, about... A month later, of course, I'm going to church. First Sunday I'm at home, I go to church, and I'm raising my hands and praising Jesus. And um, I quit wearing the brace. <coughs> Excuse me. I went back to my orthopedic doctor about a month later, but Mama and Daddy had bought me a little recliner that I was sitting in. I was reading a book Mama bought two weeks before the car wreck, by Norval Hayes called How to Live and Not Die. That book really encouraged Mama and Daddy, built their faith, helped them believe for me to live. And Mama said she ordered books and gave lots of the families in the, that had patients or family members in ICU. She gave a lot of those books away. And I was sitting in my little recliner. Brother Norval prayed for a man that had club feet one night in a service. And he said, you go home and you call your feet healed and normal. He did. Woke up the next morning, had normal feet. I said, Father God, if you can do that, if you can split the Red Sea open, you can put my bone back together. I didn't want another scar. I already, and I didn't want another surgery. I set my recliner and I said, arm be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Bone grow back together. Well, it did. And I never had to have surgery. So I thank God for that. Thank you, Jesus. But also, Third um, John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in 
health even as your soul prospers. Um, God is so good. Hebrews 13, 8. What does it say? Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. And my mama said I had a bald spot in the back of my head as big as a grapefruit. And she said the devil kept telling her my hair would never grow back. Well, he's a liar. <laughs> it did. Thank you, Jesus. But Satan is a deceiver. And he is a liar. And we just need to believe God and take God at his word. Trust in him. And prayer changes things. Thank you, Jesus. Have y'all got any questions, anybody? Thank you, Jesus. I work at uh, the Wound Healing Center in Florence, and I'm so blessed to work there with some of the best nurses around. I thank God for that, and I, I like to share my story with patients. I said, I, have, I can say a lot in five minutes. But God is so good, and I just exalt Him. Does anybody, any questions? And like Daddy was saying, you know, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Him as your personal Lord and Savior, don't go out of those doors without making a change, having a new heart, because God loves you. He died for you. If you were the only one on earth, He would have done it for you. Thank you, Jesus. Would you like to come up, Brother Bill, and give the invitation? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank y'all. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank y'all.
one place or the other. That sounds very familiar. Just last Sunday, I preached that very subject again. And we remind you today, once again, in real life, it's one place or the other. Don't leave without knowing. Amen. I want to pray for you. And during this decision time, you're going to have an opportunity to give your life to Christ and be assured of this place in heaven that Tina and her daddy was talking about and this place that Mr. and Mrs. Falls prayed over their daughter and assurance that if it were time for the Lord to call her home, they knew that they knew that they knew where her daughter, their daughter was going. So let's pray this morning. And if the Lord is speaking to you, you make the decision for the Lord Jesus today. Father God, it is an amazing day as we listen to this incredible testimony of what you did in the life of this team. Father, we thank you for faithful parents. We thank you for faithful churches and ministers that can uh, do the work of reassurance. But Father, it is ultimately your power and your power alone that brought this Tina back from a place of such horrible uh, Father, we're thankful that, Lord, today, not only is her body healed, but, Father, you are using that body and using her spirit to testify to your goodness, to testify to the glory of Jesus Christ, testifying, Lord, that we're not given an ultimate and, and a bunch of days, Lord. We don't know if tomorrow might be our last, if today might be our last. And so, Lord, I pray today that if there is one person here that needs to make a, a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ so that heaven will be their home. Father, I pray that they not wait not one more hour. Father, we're so grateful for what you did for Tina. And Lord, we're so grateful that that same promise is extended to each person in this room today. Father, I pray that your miraculous work be done in their soul as it was in Tina's body. And Lord, we pray now for the decisions you're going to cause in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand.